that speaks volumes to me. I feel like I could just put a pin in it and move on from there. Hello, welcome back to Get Real About Marketing. I'm Lauren, I'm back with Em, and this is episode seven, where we are talking about the revolutionary concept of customer experience. Um, And in case you missed the tone there, we are speaking ironically, certainly not a revolutionary concept, especially not in retail marketing. Yeah, exactly. Customer service, really, when you think about it, it's been around for decades. I mean, if not centuries, you know, you think back to not time when we were alive. But <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know how old you think yeah. I am. <laughs> you know, marketplaces with stalls selling stuff like cloves, olive oil. You know, people might remember and talk about their recipes to buyers, potential buyers, mm-hmm. um, you know, upselling their product for for people and making it personalised them. It's all about personalisation still all them decades and centuries ago. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't actually stop there, does it? I mean, making recommendations mm-hmm. for their customers. So you're talking about using customers as an example. So, for example, oh, customer X uses this product yeah. of mine in this recipe, and it's amazing. And then also there's them saying to the masses, this is what our customer base use it for and then using that as almost like a personal shopping experience so go into that customer who you know use it in that recipe to say oh I know you use it in this recipe so have you thought about this or if you use this this might complement and just understanding their customer really well because you could because people were dealing with people it, it you know it wasn't on mass it was the vendor understanding and knowing the customer and more about them whereas today obviously that's still the case but it's numbers in a box yeah it's wider it's data it's because they've been segmented based on their preferences and it may not even be based on significant things because you go to a supermarket you do a shop everything is recorded even things that you buy one off or things that you buy all the time you don't even think about like milk you know I'm not sure that I need to have things recommended to me based on those sort of things so I think it's interesting in the past I bet they didn't do that they just took those specific key product and kind of said right okay so I know you like this I bet you'll also like this but it goes further than this think of push notifications what is that is that marketing is that customer experience because brands are letting you know that something is happening and normally it's through an app so you've probably opt into that but most people opt out it pops up and they kind of go oh not interested it's no different to when there was a town crier walking through um, a town center with a bell shouting about what was happening it's like geofenced marketing campaigns now it's not customer service anymore it's not giving people useful advice it's trying to sell them a product and i think people tend to turn away from that i don't think they're as interested now because they're so inundated with information that it's actually not useful to them anymore so then i think we've kind of hit the fine line of customer experience and enhancing a customer experience and marketing and selling a product And this is where things need to change. And I think they can change. And I think a lot of brands recognize that and want that to happen. So customer experience was once that one-way street of being given information. And it still is through things like push notifications. But fast forward to today, if it's done right, it's a two-way conversation um, where customers have a direct route into brands. And when I say done right... I mean, if you go on Twitter, depending on how you use it, if you use it to talk to a brand, that's probably all you'll see. Um, I'm not sure that that is done right, just because it's done in the public realm. Mm -hmm. I think 
a lot of people go to Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it, because it's public and they yeah. haven't got the response somewhere yeah, else. It's normally going with a big problem, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like they probably tried private channels first yeah. still to have a two-way conversation, don't get the response they want, so they go public, and that's when brands get on board. And it, it's I think it's probably because bots are involved. Um, there's a lot of automation there. And then there are people managing that public side because it comes back to reputation management. And we've lost the human element. And if we hadn't lost that, this wouldn't be the case. We'd be answering problems first. We'd be enhancing the customer experience first because it would be human first. And I think people know that and they crave that. Yes, yeah, so we've seen and engaging on social media about a brand or product really is the modern version of customers recommending a brand to people who they work with, friends, neighbours. I mean, you know, people would still do, obviously word of mouth still is a thing, but now it's just that social media engagement is yeah, well, it's just it's, as Everybody's got impactful. it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Everybody's got it. So in the past, people are talking to each other about, you know, oh, I bought this, I love this shop, whatever. That's how reputation builds. You don't need that anymore. It doesn't need to be somebody that, you know, is in your locale that you know um, that is a family member. Social proof exists even from strangers. Yeah. You know, we take the word of strangers as social proof or as proof of a of a brand and what they stand for. And then that feeds into how we experience it with them. And the way that brands are enhancing themselves and their brand and their experience through that is by showcasing it and taking it on board. They know that people trust other people regardless of whether they know them or not, you know? Yeah, another one that is really just, you know, a repackaged version would be customised online recommendations, the old up-to-date selling. So when you get to the end of your checkout and it always says like, oh, do you want to add these items? You know, I don't know how I fall for it quite a lot. but <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say I can't stand it when they do that because I honestly go through yeah. this process of when I'm buying something online and I'm looking at two near identical pairs of black boots, for example, and I get to the checkout, I've made my decision finally. And it says, are you sure you don't want them? Yeah. And I just think, Ugh. whereas I think it, in the past, it might have been, I don't know about you, I'm a very confident person. And if I'm out shopping and I'm on my own, I might turn to somebody and be like, what do you think? Oh, no, I don't do that. <laughs> but I quite like that. You don't get anything like that here. Yeah. Um, or even if you're at the till, I don't know. And, and they kind of just, if you're at the till and they say, the shop assistant says, this is really nice. Or this, this goes with that, by the way, did you know? It's not really that different, you know, in terms of the, the online, the upselling um, through tech. So I don't really have an issue with how that happens. I would like to say that I prefer it in store though. It feels mm-hmm. more um, genuine versus because the tech the website the e-com platform is set up to do that to say oh you left these things in your cart whereas when you're in a physical store if somebody thinks to do that either they're exceptionally well trained it's their business or they are recommending it because they think that you'll benefit from it i don't know it's interesting the difference is the human side, the in real life, not online e-com side is, it's all open to interpretation. It's all totally different, isn't it? Whereas the online is a system that's been set up. So you're going to get the same experience, you know, no matter where you are using um, 
that platform. You know, you could be shopping in Australia on the top of a mountain somewhere or here in your garden. It's going to be the same experience. So I think that's a good thing. But also I think that there's there's elements of that personalized experience in store that is that is missed. We all know what personalization looks like. We all get an email with our name at the top. And I remember when it first started being the case and you'd think, oh, my God, they're writing to me. You probably didn't. But I was around when the Internet first existed (laughs) to the masses anyway. Um, It's not a difficult thing to do. Um, You know, we talked about products not yet being added um, or not yet being purchased, but being added to cart and having that whole process in place um, to encourage that interaction. But it. I think it all comes back to this one way street and the conversation side of things, you know, in store, you have that option to have a two way conversation. And there is a trend for bricks and mortar coming back. And I think it is because people are missing that human elements. Um, You know, they crave other humans. There's so much data around it. And there's certain things that simply can't be done online. And I mean, of course, there are moves to VR and AR. But what are they trying to do? Replicate real life. That you know, all of this tech that is being built is trying to mimic the real world and human interaction. I mean, that speaks volumes to me. I feel like I could just put a pin in it and move on from there. That's that says everything um, that we're kind of talking about here. The tech is trying to replicate the real world. So why aren't we trying to enhance the real world? You know, we can have both. We can have tech. That's not going anywhere. Which is a good thing, you know, tech has added so much to the world, to marketing, to customer experience. What you can do now online, what brands can offer you is insane, but we need a merge. We need a mix of the two. VR and AR for me aren't hitting the mark. It's not as widely available and it's too clunky. So I think we need to try and find a way to to do it better and without bots. You know, it it needs to be, how do we get the real thing more online? How do we get more e-commerce to smaller brands? So talking about bridging the gap between, you know, people and online and the human element and digital, there are some brands that are doing that really well. And it's not necessarily through tech, but we're not talking about tech today. We're talking about customer experience. So we're talking about how brands are putting people at the forefront of their brand, whether it's through their website or through social media. So who's doing it well? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, influencers is the main one that I feel like everybody thinks about. When, when you just said that, like, mm-hmm. everybody would think about an influencer. I mean, yeah, they're not yeah. a new thing, obviously. They're, no, but they are everywhere. They are everywhere, yeah. I mean, so a brand that's quite inclusive of their influencers, you know, like, who people relate to. Their influencers, I think, are representative of their customer base. Yeah, yeah, is in the style, which oh, is yeah. a clothing brand who do it well. And, the, and they do it so it looks, they make it feel like, the influences of like proper designer collection I don't know whether they do or not but they have it as like a not really an edit like more like a collection it is a collection and those I don't know the way again the internals we're not privy to that whether it is actually designed with them with the influencers whether they pick the styles and the fabrics and all of that but those influencers really get behind them don't yeah they? Like they own it as as their collection yeah and then all of their followers and it's what we talked about in a previous episode the people represent who represent the brand become the brand yeah all of the things that they stand for so Stacey Solomon is um yeah one of the influencers that work with um in the style I think she's been with them nearly probably since the beginning yeah everything she stands for 
all of the reasons that her followers follow her will take that on board within the style. Yeah. And that will probably follow through to products that aren't part of her collection and are part of other influencers' mm-hmm. collection. It's a very clever yeah. model, to be quite honest. And it's clearly worked really well. I think they're about 10 years old now and they're still, I mean, they're not old hat, are they? Yeah, so talking about being inclusive and, you know, making sure every age group has got kind of somebody that they're represented by is a pretty little thing. They now have got some, like, younger influencers who are already, like, quite big on TikTok doing an edit with them so that they're, you know, their younger audience, because there definitely is a younger audience on on the likes, like, pretty little thing, that they're also represented and it's not just, not the older influencers, but, you know, the more mature influencers. There's, there's younger ones as well, which I think... If you're like a young teenager, mm. seeing people that you watch every day and you like a similar age to you, you're definitely going to yeah, be I mean, inclined to buy something from there. Yeah, absolutely. But that's the thing. I was just going to say that this is very much in the digital marketing realm, isn't it? Yeah. The customer experience side of things. I mean, if you can see yourself you become the customer, don't you? If you can see yourself represented, you become the customer. So I think it's very clever the way they're doing it. Rather than walking into a store that has items in that I want to buy, I'm likely to see other people in that store similar to me, similar age group, similar body shape, size, all of that stuff. It's basically doing the same thing. It's taking what you would see in store and putting it in social media on these online platforms and just making it digital so I think it's very clever and putting the human touch back into yeah. that there's some influencers that are really receptive to you know you'll see it in the comments on TikTok and on Instagram where's your skirt from you know before yeah. they get the chance to um, tag it or whatever some are really responsive to that and others not so much so I think if you if you aren't you're missing yeah. the point there you know, you're probably in it to grow your following and your personal brand. If you're responding and you're you're giving that information, you become a salesperson and that that's customer service that, you know, that's kind of just aiding the process. Um, So I think it's really clever. And there's a lot of ways that others can do it. I mean, we've talked to um, offline businesses who don't even have a website, but do have social media, put themselves on it trying on the clothes um I mean we always come back to clothes because it's such an easy one to to showcase online isn't it but you know trying on clothes and you know literally pulling themselves apart and saying this is how it fits and this is how you do it up and whatnot it's interesting I think having having that digital realm and and bringing it in and it's it's free people can you know you don't need this massive budget to create an online platform that's that's the brilliance of social media isn't it you just need to know what you're doing so that's customer service and bringing people into you know the forefront again but what really are the steps to merge in the two like the biggest steps to merge in the two how are we going to bring digital and in real life together in a way that people want because I would say based on my this is not database this is based on my conversations with people I know there's probably a 50-50 split of those who love online and are not going to move from that and those that are really craving more in real life bring back the high street you know the the 90s and the noughties were the best time ever type conversations 
wanting to go back and have those those experiences so what what's happening how do we bridge the gap yeah I'd say a good one that a big brand does is Adenola they've gone really big probably in the last year 18 months but they do so they're, they're all online I think they might have like a little section like Selfridges okay um it's like sportswear loungewear that type of thing um but they do like pop-up shops and they are massive like they're absolutely crazy like they are such a hit because everything's reduced and it's not a cheap shop to begin with so I feel like that that all of a sudden like everybody wants to go but they do them in like Manchester and there's people who have been there since like 5am queuing and the queue is ridiculous but last weekend they did one in Leeds actually and the queues looked crazy but it is so good because it's you know it gives people the chance to go or add no look purely online other than these pop-up shops yeah okay. yeah yeah purely, so, i think they might that like apart from myself yeah yeah, yeah yeah apart from a few contestants. yeah this is interesting so i wonder if they're using it well or if it they probably started to do it because it added that volume yeah and there was a cry out for it and they're clearly using it for the um last i would say yeah yeah season yeah items and things like that but i wonder if it's also um sort of telling their strategy where they need to go i wonder if it, it's sort of saying there is a call for a real life yeah. bricks and mortar if that many people are going to it why why do we think people are going is it for the discounts is it so that they can try on i'd probably say for the dis- discounts because from the videos i've seen there is actually no time to try on like you just have to grab what you can is there um do they not do sales online very rarely that's in, that's interesting you might do a little black friday one but it's rare you get anything the reason i'm saying it's interesting really is because well there's these outlet stores you know yeah um macarthur glen cheshire oaks that kind yeah. of thing where you you pretty much know mm. it's discounted yeah yeah and they're always busy you yeah, know are, yeah is that a route that um bricks and mortar should be going in that it's that it is always that outlet yeah. style there's obviously a demand for it i mean the, the yeah. amount of people that go is yeah ridiculous yeah absolutely i think that's really interesting actually i'd love to explore that a bit more a reason to get people to yeah. go if it's you know ad nola are doing it and it's working yeah who else is definitely. doing it and yeah. it's working yeah so pop-up's a nice one though because it, it allows brands who don't have a bricks and mortar or let's not let's say there's a smaller brand or a business that isn't a giant like ad nola and they they just can't afford the massive fees that come with having a bricks and mortar uh, premises anymore pop-up is perfect yeah 100 it's a good it's a stepping point point, yeah isn't it to bring in people so for those businesses who have a bricks and mortar presence how can they merge their experience their customer experience into online but keep the incorporation of real people i think a good one is everybody loves a good instagrammable spot yeah yeah, a cafe, a shop. Do you know who does this well? Ikea. Yeah, Ikea. Ikea's just so good. <laughs> the amount of times that I've been, and they've, I I never really stand on it myself, but they have, um, get my mum to hold the trolley. Oh, yeah, and, and it's it looks got the big floral yeah, yeah. over it. It looks great. Yeah, yeah I think either. cafes as well, stuff like that, with a nice flower wall, a nice backdrop, yeah. bars. That's been done a lot. It's been done a lot, but it works. Like, if you see, like... Yeah, that's true. ...a group that, you know, or someone you follow on Instagram and it looks good, mm-hmm. they've got a nice cocktail in their hand and it's a good backdrop. A lot of people will think, like... i tell you what, as well, the way people use social media to find and source places to yeah. go and things that actually do in real life, 
when you put that search term in to Insta and TikTok, let's say, and you hit on places, if it looks beautiful, you're probably going to go. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a modern way of appealing to to more people. And it's so easy to do. And I'll tell you what, we don't see it um, as much in everyday high street. You know, yeah, I'm not talking about the Oxford Street, the Market Street. I'm talking about, depressing as it is, the dying high streets, you know, the ones local to us um, that don't need to be. We don't see it there. And again, it's a really simple way of getting yourself out there um being relevant and showcasing a reason to go to a bricks and mortar. People will go to a place to capture that moment, to put it on their social media. Do you know do you know what I'm thinking now? Spudman. Have you heard about Spudman? Oh my god, this is crazy. Tell me about Spudman Am. He's been up on my TikTok for years now, probably since like 2021. Who is it? Spudman. He sells jacket potatoes in Tamworth. Literally does what it says on the thing. Yeah. He like has gone through a spike of viral basically on TikTok. So like he went viral and everybody like crazy, you know, like went and like loved the jacket potatoes. But then it kind of just like steadied, carried on posting, doing his videos. Like he has like a his phone stuck to his head and he just like filmed himself doing jacket potatoes. But because like it went viral, everybody is now, since probably like a couple of months ago, it's gone like ridiculous. People are queuing up since 5am to get a jacket potato. Because he's showing them how he makes them. Well, just because he's he's gone viral and people want to jump on a trend. He says people are coming... He had someone the other day come from America to try his jacket potato. What? Like, I'm not even kidding. It's going mean, crazy. And he sells out. He's selling out over 2,000 jacket potatoes a day. Love a jacket potato, but I'm not flying across the Atlantic to get yeah, one. Yeah, and it has gone crazy. Because he stayed persistent and because people like... Want a photo with him, like a like video in the van because he's got like this cool van. Like he he has gone viral, but he's stuck, consistent posting, making something that people want to come and do, come and see. And he's actually said he's really helped the high street because so many people are coming to town with. But then they are spending a lot of the time in the queue, so he says like, (laughs) (laughs) yes, but those people that are standing in the queue would not have even been in that town centre had it not been for him and we do say this often collaboration between different businesses different bricks and mortar businesses if you were to collaborate you turn yourself into a destination he did that the other day actually did a free spud day on a Saturday and he had like loads of other businesses coming like one was like selling coffee one was like a coffee truck one was another one like a donut and loads of little businesses came like in this square and he was giving out free spuds all day but I want to go. But I was literally going to say, you wish like, you were there. That was <laughs> not that far. Mm. But he's just, you know, that's something that, yeah, that's a viral, you know, trend. Yeah. Like, it is kind of a trend now. Everybody's, like, buying jack of potatoes because, like, everybody wants a jack of potato. You don't even need to go viral. Yeah. You just need to do something. Yeah. But you don't even need that. But if he hadn't stayed persistent with his posting, yeah. after he kind of went crazy, like, a few years ago, which yeah. is probably now a few years ago, it probably would have gone down, but, you know, because he kept posting, it's so easy to do, isn't it? Just post a little video. Yeah, life, it really is. Around. It really is. As a brand, as a business, show them what you do, your staff do on a day, open yeah. up the store, closing the store, like... I know, and you think to yourself, people don't want to see this, but actually, we've said it before, the more you post, the more consistent you are with your content, the more invested people become, and when you stop posting it, they miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's definitely something in it. That's really that's a really amazing case study actually of putting people at the front of it. And also yeah. to be honest, we've got crazy hair as well. So 
Well, I mean, not saying you need that's a draw then, isn't it? (laughs) Well, exactly. But make yourself unique. Show them what you're doing. Like you say, opening up, closing down. Um, Show them what you are, what they're going to get. And clearly they will come. So going forward then, here's a radical thought. Tech should complement, not replace human interaction. Yeah, I'd say that. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that. I think you always need human interaction. I'm not as, like, I feel like I've just been brought up with a generation where tech is just... Mm-hmm. Actually, well, I say that, but I used to go and knock on friends' doors that can so-and-so come out of place. So I'm not in a generation where yeah. if you ask a kid how to answer a phone now, they're like, give it the <laughs> flat hand rather than the... Yeah. I'm still that that one. Okay. But, you know, I have grown up with everything's just so easy to do online yeah. and tech that... I'd probably lean more towards tech, but I definitely do think you still need human interaction. Yeah. And I think people do crave it. I do as well. I I agree. I think that it should complement because it's not going anywhere. So anybody that is not going anywhere. Well, exactly. Neither of it is. We've created this and they now need to work together instead of it being this um, this fearful tech's going to take over. We need to start thinking of ways to, to make it work. Um, together and I think that we've given some really good examples of how businesses and brands can do that to enhance customer experience and customer service um, without purely selling just make the experience of interacting with your business and your brand a nicer one that is less automated you know so to summarize I've got one sentence look backwards to move forwards oh don't laugh at me All right, I'll think of a better one for next time. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Well, you'll hear us next time.